ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back in to the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. And as promised, joining me now is Ross Dellinger. Uh, he is a writer for Sports Illustrated. You guys know him, whether it be from the great stuff he does with SI or from his time on the beat covering the LSU Tigers years ago. And Ross, you dropped an article last week about uh, the 27th month secret debate with some uh, key leaders in the world of college football about potentially exploring college football expansion down the line. My first question to you, and thank you for joining us, is when when Bill Hancock kind of came out in, I don't want to say like open the curtain completely, but was at least in my mind, a bit more transparent about things they were discussing as far as expansion goes. Were you a little surprised? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think so. Uh, I there uh, usually well, I'm more surprised with uh, the CFP working group um, exploring a playoff model for two years without really many not you know not even knowing. Uh, started in January 2019, the working group of. Uh, of five people on that on the uh, CFP management committee, or, or I'm sorry, of uh, I think it was four people, maybe three or four people in that working group, and they kept it quiet for for um, for two years. That's that's the most uh, shocking thing to me. Um, and but but for for Bill Hankett to come out like he did, uh, release that statement a couple weeks ago, uh, and then yeah, go on pretty much every show uh, it seems like and talk about it openly. Um, it's it's nice to have that, you know. It's nice to be transparent, and, and Bill has uh, been that way in a lot of regards. But it's still a surprise when it when it does happen. Wait, is there, you know, you've been doing this for a little while, Ross. Is there a, maybe a cynical party that's like, well, he's really just doing it to perhaps test the waters and see what the response is, because uh, maybe the, the you know the four members of the CFP management committee are just curious to see what the public reaction would be. Uh, maybe, um, yeah, I, I think he probably more so probably did it thinking that eventually it's going to leak, um, and you're going to have, uh, a story on your hands. Uh, you know, if it leaks out that the working group is, uh, is, uh, finalizing plans, that's, that's the thing we've, we've kind of come to the, you know, the fourth quarter, uh, so to speak of the working group's actions. They are, as Jack Swarbrick told me in that, uh, and he's part of the working group, told me in that story, they're ready to present to the full committee, and they'll do that in June. So the fact that they're so late in this, I think Bill probably thought it's time to release this information. Um, and that just, again, it tells you how much they've been working on it and how deep they are in it that they would release all that. Get out in front of it. That's a good point. Ross Dellinger, our guest, at Ross Dellinger on Twitter. And if you follow him there, uh, the pinned tweet atop the page, if you missed the article, I highly recommend it. Uh, very in-depth. And I think in the world of college football, Ross, for years, fans clamored for, well, let's try to get a true national champion. So they created the BCS. As we all know, it was an imperfect system. Uh, and then because of that, it was, well, let's have some kind of playoff and I, I would say um, it's been mixed results since it's been put into place. But do you feel like the college football playoff has been – let me ask you this. How do you feel the reception has been from fans? Do you feel like they like it? Do you feel like they perhaps thought of it it was going to be a little bit better than it has been, you know, in practice, if that makes sense? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do think fans like it. Uh, I also think that um, as soon as they announced that there would be a four-team playoff, uh, we kind of <laughs> all knew, uh, it feels like, that um, there would be expansion. Uh, you have five Power Five conferences in four spots. So uh, that right there would tell you that we're going to eventually expand probably. And um, But I, I think people have liked it uh, there's been a really big problem with it that the BFP and the structure can't really change, and that's uh, two or three teams have dominated uh, the playoff. And, but I think it's um, out of it's, it's been seven years, I want to say, seven playoffs. Um, so each playoff you have four teams, so it's 28 spots. Uh, 20 of the 28 spots have been taken by four different teams, four teams. That's it. You know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma have taken 20 of the 28 spots. Um, so it's just kind of the you, you see that you feel like, you know, the same teams have cycled in it, and you wonder if adding, expanding the field, adding a few more teams might get you a different champion. Uh, probably not, uh, but at least you uh, increase the odds in that happening. And I think that's, uh, a big reason why, you know, um, or one of the reasons why the, the expansion conversation exists. Ross Dellinger, college football writer for Sports Illustrated, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty. What, what, um, you know, you you wrote you wrote about the scheduling aspect of it, uh, and that the committee feels like it's the most challenging part of a potential expansion. What, is there one regard to that? I know there's several challenging. Issues, but what do you think would be the biggest challenge in regards to scheduling? Well, just fitting everything in. Uh, we've we've got this. You've got this uh, tight window, right, from the conference championship weekend, which is usually the first weekend in December, um, and then you've basically got two free weekends of December, uh, the second, third weekend, and the fourth weekend. You usually have that the semifinal, the New Year's Eve, New Year's. Uh, New Year's Eve type uh, area, New Year's Day games uh, where the semifinals are played. And then, and then about, you know, a week and a half later, you have the championship game. And, and so what do you do? You can add, you know, adding one round is pretty easy. You would add it uh, the week after the conference championship game or even two weeks after the conference championship game, a week before the semifinals on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So that would be easy. It's adding a second round that would really make things difficult. So if you, you, had a, if you expanded to eight, uh, you'd add just that one round, and it wouldn't seem like scheduling would be difficult. Uh, if you added more than eight, you would add a second round of games, and that would be tricky. Um, do you really do you have a, a conference championship game the first week of December and then have the first round of the playoffs the second week and the third round of the playoffs the third week and then the semifinals the fourth week? Do you, do you, do you um, cluster those up like that? That's a lot of games. Um, in a row for uh, for athletes, um, uh, you know. So I, 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 that's where, where it gets tricky. I think the suggestions are where you move up the schedule. Everybody plays on week zero, basically, um, and it would give you an extra week in there. Uh, the problem with that is you play conference championship games on Thanksgiving weekend, where usually you'd have a lot of rivalry games. Sure, um, right. And then the other issue is pushing back. You could push back the championship game to another week to mid mid January, and then you get into competition, um, an overlap with the NFL playoffs. So that's an issue as well. 
ESPN fourteen twenty. Yeah, to your point, you know the NFL saying we want to move to have a Monday night playoff game in there at some point. It, it's it. There's there's a lot of hurdles to it. You know, there's a lot of layers to it. And I think you know the next thing I want to ask you about is just the bowl system. And I've said for years, Ross, you can usually tell what kind of college football fan someone is by asking them, "What do you think of the bowl system?" And their response will give you some insight into. Oh, okay, you're probably a fan of a G5, or you're probably a fan of a powerhouse, or you're a casual fan, right? You'll hear, oh, man, there's too many. I don't care. I don't know the name of it. You'll hear others say, man, I like it. I, I went to a bowl last year. The school hadn't been in a while. We had a great time. It, it, it tells you a little bit about the kind of college football fan it is. Fandom aside, um, <laughs> how do you think that currently – coaches feel and and let's say ad's feel about the future of the bowl system in college football given that it seems like as you add more teams and you add a little bit more to the postseason it just feels like the bowl system as a as a whole losing a little bit of its um i don't i don't know the word i'm looking for here you're better with words than me but kind of lacking the umph right i'll give you a sound it seems like that's slowly been happening to the bowl system for a while it has. It's been pretty obvious uh, that the bowls have been a, a little diminished, uh, for one, by the playoff, obviously, um, but two, by, you know, players opting out. Uh, and we saw it happen quite a bit in COVID, uh, and, and it's just kind of a trend that's probably going to just continue, especially for the major programs uh, with players who are high picks in the NFL draft and when their teams don't make the playoff, which is really the goal now. Um, they opt out of a bowl. And fans just aren't going like they used to. Bowl attendance, just like college football attendance in general, is down uh, even before the even before COVID. And I think it's probably even going to be uh, COVID has just has really just uh, amplified uh, that. So because of all those things, it, it, yeah, the, the bowls are quite diminished. And, and one thing is the bowls really diminish themselves. And I should, shouldn't say the bowls. The conferences really diminish the bowls themselves when they – have created so many bowls, right? Uh, 42 bowls. Uh, you know, there there are 130 FBS teams, so uh, roughly uh, 85 uh, teams of the 130. Um, so over, well over 50 percent, over 60 percent, I believe, uh, go to a bowl game. Yeah. So it's it's not like it used to be, where uh, this was something you you chased and thought and was you know difficult and with a big celebration when you got there. Um, but that said, a lot of teams that aren't the Alabamas, the LSUs, the, the Floridas, the Texases, the USC's, uh, a lot of those teams, um, you know, their focus is the playoff. Uh, you know, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson's, uh, and there's probably, you could list off 15 to 20 teams, right, that um, are really begin the season with, the actual, you know, uh, legitimate shot um, to get to the playoff and, and win the national title in a four-team system, uh, but all the other teams are they're playing for a bowl game. That's just how they are. So you have a lot of teams, especially in the Group of Five level, that don't want to see the bowl games go away in some way. That that's their um, that's that's the, the what they chase. That's what they that's what the end goal for them. Um, so it's kind of complicated for sure, but I do not expect that we will have 42 
bowl games in you know by 2023. I mean, I think we're gonna. It's a diminished system, and with COVID and all, and the financial issues, I would think we're we're going to be decreasing uh, bowl games. And um, depending on the playoff expansion, yeah, we could further diminish uh, the, the bowl system. Ross Dellinger, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty at Ross Dellinger on Twitter. Right, read, uh, check out his article we're referencing right now, um, titled "Inside Twenty Seven Months of College Football Playoff Expansion Discussions." Really great insight. Really great details. Look in your crystal ball, Ross. You've been covering college football for a little while now. Ten years from now, what do you expect the postseason aspect of college football to look like? Yeah, uh, I, I do expect an expanded playoff, either eight or 12 teams, uh, probably with uh, automatic qualifiers for the Power Five and maybe one for the Group of Five. That's, uh, that's what I expect, and I expect we'll still have bowl games that just I'm not sure um, how many, uh, how many. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know exactly how the structure will work for bowls in an eight to 12 team playoff. I'm sure they'll want to be involved in some way. Um, but yeah, I do think we're going to have expansion and uh, eventually, you know, maybe decades down the line, you might not, might not see bowl games at all. Maybe we just, uh, we have an FCS type system with uh, um, just a, a playoff being the goal for everybody. Ross Dellinger, our guest, a few more for you, Ross. You know, one thing that <clears throat> really was interesting to me last year and an idea kind of was, was born from it. I don't know if it could happen in reality, but, you know, when Coastal Carolina and BYU played late in the season and having to schedule that game kind of last second because another opponent that was scheduled for Coastal, I think, had the COVID issues and it all, you know, and then all the fun of, well, BYU's, didn't want to play Washington. They said anywhere. It was just, it, it made for some good fodder for sure. But, you know, my takeaway was you look at these group of five schools, it's hard to, you know, BYU was one thing, but no one knew that Coastal was going to be good. So, you know, it's hard for a, a group of five school to know, are we going to be in the mix for hypothetically, like you said, if it moves to eight or 12 and there's one open slot for a group of five, it's hard for a school to plan late in the season Let's let's keep an opening in there that we might be able to schedule. But I think it would benefit group of five, and schedules are done so far in advance. But what we saw last year with COVID-19 is that it still can be done on short notice. And if group of five, if a lot of schools left openings late in their season to schedule someone, easier said than done, but you could you could get some really exciting games and ultimately teams saying, We'll do what we have to do late in the season with this this opponent we need to fill because we want to get into the college football playoff. Do you think? Do you think last year and it was a result of COVID nineteen? But do you think that Coastal BYU game is a one time deal, or do you feel like it could potentially foreshadow some uh, outside thinkers in the group of five to consider a little wrinkle into the scheduling in the future to help them get their school into the you know the big dance, if you will. It's definitely uh, opened the door and opened some thinking. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you know, that wasn't the only game uh, scheduled within a week or two of of the date. We had we had several that were uh, hurriedly scheduled. Um, some of them didn't end up playing, like Baylor in, in Houston because of COVID. Uh, but uh, it, it, we did prove that look, you could schedule a game a week or two out, um, and it. Uh, 
and make it happen. Now, um, you, you, that's true, and it was easier during COVID because you had capacity restrictions and fans weren't going as much. So it, that makes it a little harder. I'm not sure that group of five teams will keep open a late, uh, a late maybe, uh, maybe have an off week late or something. Um, I think it's always possible, uh, and, and now we we do know that uh, you can schedule quickly, and, and so many teams did it last year. It certainly would be fun, and in that game, you know, it's funny you mentioned that game because I brought the game up in that playoff story. Uh-huh. Uh, J- Jeremy Chadwell, the coach of Coastal Carolina, had mentioned, uh, you know, even though his team uh, would have benefited from a playoff last year, they might have gone and gotten in the playoff uh, if there were 12 or 16 teams. He offered a um, uh, he offered some concern uh, in a expanding a playoff too much, uh, and he mentioned that game. You know that uh, that game probably wouldn't have happened, wouldn't have been scheduled, and wouldn't have been um, you know so big uh, had there been a 16 team playoff because both BYU and Coastal would have probably been in it. Or they certainly um, they certainly would not have scheduled a game and risk a loss getting out uh, right and so it probably would have never happened so yeah you have to think of those things that game um yeah that game was a lot of fun maybe my favorite game all year let's just say that uh coach chadwell doesn't have too many fans here in lafayette um where the raging cajuns um uh yeah they weren't they weren't happy how the 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 tournament game excuse me the tournament the conference championship game uh didn't play out but with that i wanted to close with a question to you ross i know you've You've covered Coach Billy Napier, and uh, you've written some stories about uh, what he's done and is doing at UL. Is there something about Billy that stood out to you that, you know, I guess more than something else whenever you were writing about him, something that said, you know what, I've, I've covered a lot of coaches, and this is one thing that was a little different or I wasn't expecting? Well, the fact that he's still in Lafayette is, is probably uh, one of them. Uh, I think a lot of coaches uh, – who have uh, gotten the overtures by uh, schools that uh, much, you know, larger schools in the, in the power five that have, have come to him. A lot of coaches would have gone would have left. Uh, and Billy is, yeah, he's kind of a different cat when it comes to his next move. Uh, he's looking for a very specific place. It sounds like, and he's certainly very demanding when it comes to his staff. Uh, as far as demanding, I mean, uh, to the next school uh, where he's at as far as staff size and, and hiring. So that makes him different right there for sure. Um, it, uh, it certainly does. He's, he's, he's different. Uh, he's different in that regard. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, just a unusual guy when it comes to that, as far as his coaching, you know, he, he just, he really does take that Saban approach. He, he builds a team uh, off, the field and first and it starts with a support staff that is very large and and involved um you know that's that's step one you you see a lot of uh coaches doing that now it it is kind of the saving method but billy uh napier really um really uh probably does it uh uh, believes in it uh, certainly uh more than most coaches uh and uh you know he's he's certainly got uh, the Cajuns rolling down there, and and they're uh, they're a fun team to watch. Always uh, seems like always pretty fundamentally sound, and 
puts uh, players in the right positions. Well, I know that uh, it was scheduled on short notice, but that win against Iowa State last year was so big, and Cajun fans have uh, opened up seasons before at Texas, but uh, I think in 05 it was like 60-3. to um, That's not the case this year. Now, Texas was the national champ that year, and UL was in a different place, but um, the program's in very different spots now, and uh, a lot of folks down here are anxious for September the 4th. They love college football in the South, Ross, as you know, and uh, you do a great job. Appreciate you coming on. Everybody, if you haven't read it yet, go check it out. Uh, he has it pinned atop his Twitter profile, at Ross Dellinger, inside 27 months of college football playoff expansion discussions. can give you some good insight into what the future near-term and uh, long-term could look like in college football. Appreciate, appreciate it, Ross. All the best, man, and we'll talk to you down the line. Yeah, thank you.